0: And welcome back. I'm Bill English here, the publisher at Bible and Business. I want to thank you for joining me again today. Uh, We're going to wrap up this eight-part series today on becoming free from the bondage of sin by looking at the eighth part. And this comes from a section in my book, uh, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership. The section is called understanding God's system of fairness. Now, when we try to understand God's system of fairness, we're going to find that this is not the same as the American system of justice. Okay, But before we get into that, I want to invite you to head over to my website, Bibleandbusiness.com, where you can download the slides for this video series in PDF format. You can read some articles and listen to some podcasts. I have over 200 podcasts there now. You can take uh, some surveys, participate in those, and uh, also register for an online CEO ownership group uh, that that I offer, really, every uh, six weeks or so. It's live, it's online, it's on a Saturday morning. So, I kind of want to wrap up this uh, eight-part series on becoming free from the bondage of sin by first asking the question, how is bondage to sin and fairness connected? At first, I, I think these two concepts are really not going to make a lot of sense putting them together, and they're not going to seem connected. But hear me out on this. Most people are in bondage to sin as a result of someone else in their life having been unfair to them. Maybe they had difficult parents, so now they're in bondage to anger. Maybe they were abused by a family or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, so they're in bondage to hatred or bitterness or just a lack of forgiveness. Or maybe a pastor or an authority figure uh, could have abused you. I want you to know that understanding God's system of fairness really helped me in my own journey of becoming free from my own bondage to sin. Uh, And that, I think, uh, was important for me, and I think it will be helpful uh, to you as well. So there's three parts that we're gonna look at today. First of all, God's sovereignty. Second of all, God's forgiveness. And thirdly, we need to realize that fairness can be learned. So first of all, uh, the sovereignty of God, I take this from Romans chapter 9, and this is a tough passage when we're looking at the bondage of sin, but let's read this. This is from Romans 9. Paul writes this, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. One of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us for who is able to resist his will? But not look, look at what I've bolded here. This is for emphasis. Paul writes this, but who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? Hence we can see that even though God's hardening of some is for his own purposes, and we might look at that as being unfair, Paul says, look, we're not to question the sovereignty of God, his decision, or his ways. And it's precisely because we're the clay, and he's the potter. We are humans, and he is God. And so when it comes to this issue of fairness, I base it in God's sovereignty, and really the the, the message here is this. God gets to decide what is fair. You and I don't get to decide that. And that's gonna be tough for some people to handle here, right, because we're used to being in control. We like being in control, we like being in charge, we like asserting our rights, we like asserting our privileges, and so we are accustomed to asserting in our political and our social culture today, what is fair and what's not fair, asserting our, our ideas of what is fair and not fair. But in God's economy, God gets to decide what is fair, not you and not me. And let's also remember this. The second part is that God's forgiveness is also being fair. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When we confess our sins, it is fair. It is just for God to forgive our sins. Now, Why is that? Because God's system of fairness is substitutionary. It is not individualistic. It was Christ that bore the wrath of God for our sins on the cross. This was totally unfair to Christ, but he did it so that God could save us and so what we have done to Christ through our sin is totally unjust it is completely unfair but God's system of fairness is substitutionary it is not individualistic now God's system of fairness can be learned And we're going to look at two passages here. One is in Proverbs chapter 2, and the other one is in Matthew 20. So this first section comes from the first 11 verses. It comes from within, I should say, the first 11 verses of Proverbs chapter 2. So let's take a look at that. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. And when he does, the, now I'm inserting here, when he does these things, then this is what happens. Then, I'm back to the verse now, then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path. So we can learn what is fair if we accept God's words and store up his commands within us. Then we apply ourselves to fully seek out insight and understanding. Perhaps a New Testament way to say this is that when we allow God to transform our minds, now I'm borrowing from Romans 12, 1 and 2 here, then we will be more able to understand what is fair in God's mind. And really, part of us learning about God's heart, learning about how God thinks, is to learn about... What he thinks is fair. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16. This is kind of a long passage, so I'm going to ask you to stay with me while we read it together. This is Christ talking. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. At about nine in the morning he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. And he told them, You also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and at about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day and doing nothing? Well, because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, Will you also go and work in my vineyard? Now when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going to the first. The workers who were hired at about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those who came who were first hired, they expected to receive more. But each one of them was also given a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Those who were hired last worked only one hour they said and yet you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day but he answered one of them and said I am not being unfair to you friend didn't you agree to work for a denarius take your pay and go i want to give to the one who was hired the last who was hired last the same as i gave you Don't I have a right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. What do we learn from this? First of all, we learn that God's fairness is entirely dependent upon his generosity. Guess what? God isn't fair because he has to be. God is fair because he is generous. And God, if God was really fair with us, none of us would ever have a relationship with him. It's only because that Christ died on the cross and that God's system is substitutionary that we even get a chance to have a relationship with him. Secondly, reversing order, or reversing the expected order by God is entirely fair because it's based in his generosity and he has the right to do with his rewards to us as he wishes thirdly he kept his word the workers who worked all day they got their denarius he kept his word to them they were not slighted but if you wanted to be fair and give the ones who worked only one hour the same amount of pay in this biblical context that's fair and lastly and this is a big one similar agreements need not be equal for them to be fair Long ago, when my kids were in, my kids are in their mid-20s now, but back when they were in their teens, I pulled them aside one night and I said, look, going forward, I will always be fair with both of you, but I may not be equal. And I felt like I could say that because of this passage, that similar agreements need not be equal in order to be fair. So look, God's system of fairness is substitutionary. It's not individualistic. Therefore, because of all this, I believe that we can forgive others for their sin against us precisely because we have been been forgiven for so much more than what we need to forgive. In other words, said another way, we have harmed Christ far more than anyone has harmed us. Now, this is going to be really tough for some who have been significantly abused to listen to, and to hear. They're going to say, wait a minute, what that person did to me, you have no idea, Bill. You have no idea what that person did to me. And you're right, I don't. But I do know that our sin put Jesus Christ on the cross. Your sin and my sin. And so what we did to Christ, in my estimation, is far greater than anything that anybody else has done to us so when we forgive others we release our own pain and this helps us become free from the bondage of sin and our own lives and the reason why is because so much of our sin our in our bondage to sin is really often a poor attempt at medicating our pain you know just just one example Uh, a son who has deep father wounds and who was verbally and maybe physically abused by his father, may, have, um, may drink inordinate amounts of alcohol on a regular basis, because really deep down inside, he's trying to medicate his pain about his father wound. So you need to see that once we accept God's system of fairness, and we realize that what we have done to Christ is greater than anything that has been done to us, and that we can be completely healed and restored by the forgiveness that Christ offers and by the covenant relationship that he offers to us, then we can begin to see how God's system of fairness really helps us overcome our bondage to sin. I'm going to admit some things here. When we forgive others, we bear the cost of their sin. Absolutely. We release them to God's system of justice and forgiveness. And look, if they repent, then God is just to forgive their sin because Christ bore the penalty for their sin. And if they don't repent, then they will bear the penalty for their sin in eternity by being completely separated from God. Forgiving somebody else isn't saying that this was okay. Forgiveness is simply giving up the right to hurt them like they hurt us and entrusting them to God's system of fairness and justice, just like we have taken advantage of, so to speak, God's substitutionary system of fairness and justice. So here's the lessons learned. Are you ready? God's system of fairness is substitutionary it is not individualistic. And we can become free from the bondage of sin by forgiving those who have hurt us deeply, because we know that we can release them to God's system of fairness and justice, and know that one way or another, justice will be served, either in the person of Jesus Christ, or by them spending eternity without Christ and without God. I want to thank you for joining me for this series on Becoming Free from the Bondage of Sin. This has been chapter two in my book, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership. You can pick this book up at most online uh, bookstores, including Amazon and other places like that. Now, the next series that I'm going to be picking up is going to come from chapter three in my book. And uh, we're going to look at the biblical foundations of Christian stewardship. Thank you for joining me today. If you want to connect with me, you can do so by just sending me an email at bill at bibleandbusiness.com. And I, again, invite you to head over to bibleandbusiness.com and take a look at the resources and take advantage of the resources that we have for you over there. So listen, again, thanks for joining me. Go out and make it a great day. Take care.